story is Winnie the Pooh by A. A. Milne. Part 1. Balloons and Bees. This is the story of Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short. He is coming downstairs right now. Bump, bump, bump. On the back of his head. Behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes, he feels that there really is another way. If he only could stop bumping his head for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom of the stairs and ready to be introduced to you, Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you are going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie Thur Pooh. Don't you know what there means? Ah, uh, yes. Now I do, I said quickly. I hope you do too, because it is all the explanation you are going to get. Sometimes, Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs. And sometimes, he just likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story, said Christopher Robin. What about a story, I said. Could you, very sweetly, tell a story to Winnie the Pooh? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? He likes stories about himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher Robin. It means he had the name over the door in gold letters and he lived under it. Oh, okay. Winnie the Pooh wasn't so sure, said Christopher Robin. Okay, then I will go on, I said. One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. In the middle of this place was a large oak tree 
and from the top of the tree there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree, put his head between his paws, and began to think. First of all, he said to himself, That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that. Just buzzing and buzzing without it meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise. And the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you are a bee. Then he thought another long time and said, And the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said, And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it. So he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed and as he climbed he sang a little song to himself. It went like this. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further and a little further and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they built their nest at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that is why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch right there, crack. Oh, help, said Pooh, as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said, as he bounced twenty feet onto the next branch. You see what I meant to do, he explained, as he turned head over heels. He crashed onto another branch, thirty feet below. What I meant to do was, of course it was rather... He admitted, as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided, as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun around three times, and flew gracefully into a coarse bush. It all comes of liking honey so much. Oh, help. He crawled out of the coarse bush 
brushed the prickles from his nose and began to think again. And the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? said Christopher Robin in an odd voice, hardly daring to believe it. Yes, that was you. Little Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend, Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he said. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh, said you. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes. I just said to myself, coming along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for, you said. Winnie the Pooh looked around to see that nobody was listening. He put his paw to his mouth and said in a whisper, Honey, but you don't get honey with balloons. Oh, but I do, said Pooh. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at that party. You had had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue balloon. He had left it behind being really too young to go to a party at all. So you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which balloon would you like? You asked Pooh. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. It's like this, he said. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. So, if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree, and the bees won't notice you. If you have a blue balloon, they might think you are only part of the sky, and the bees won't notice you. So the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon, you asked? They might, or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You can never tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, 
I shall try to look like a small black cloud that will deceive them. Then you'd better have the blue balloon, you said, and so it was decided. You both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you, just in case, as you always did. Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. When the balloon was blown up as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly. Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there. He was level with the top of the tree and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray, you shouted. Isn't that fine, shouted Winnie the Pooh back down to you. What do I look like? Well, you look like a bear holding a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously, not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Nope, not very much. Ah, well, perhaps from up here it looks different, and as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him closer to the tree, so there he stayed. He could see the honey. He could smell the honey. But he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello. I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? Oh, I don't know. But something tells me that they're suspicious. Perhaps they think that you're after their honey. It may be that. You can never tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin. Yes. Have you an umbrella in your house? Yes, I do think so. I wish you would bring it out here and then walk up and down with it. Look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practicing on these bees. Well, you laughed to yourself, silly old bear, but you didn't say it aloud. 
because you were so fond of him, and you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Pooh, as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up, you said. Yes, but do wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. That's a real pity. Well, you walk up and down with your umbrella, saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. All right, go. So while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sings aloud. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. It makes me very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing as suspiciously as ever. Some of them, indeed, left their nests and flew all around the cloud as it began the second verse of this song. One bee even sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment and then got up again. Christopher, ow, Robin, called out the cloud. Yes, I have just been thinking and I have come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees, are they? Yes, quite the wrong sort. So I should think they would make the wrong sort of honey, don't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down now. How, you asked? Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he let go of the string, he would fall, bump, and he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time, and then he said, Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. 
Have you got your gun? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon. But if you don't, said Pooh, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. When he put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon, and fired. Ow, said Pooh. Did I miss, you asked. You didn't exactly miss, said Pooh, but you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry, you said, and you fired again, and this time you hit the balloon. The air slowly came out, and Winnie the Pooh floated down to the ground, but his arms were so stiff from holding onto the string of the balloon all that time that his arms stayed up straight in the air for more than a week. Whenever a fly came and settled on Pooh's nose, he had to try to blow it off. sure that that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. That's the end of that one. There are others about Pooh and me and Piglet and Rabbit and all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember, and then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Boo and Piglet tried to catch the heffalump, they didn't catch it, did they? No, Boo couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well. So, that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story, and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Are you coming? I said, Yes, I'm coming. But I have a question for you first. I didn't hurt Pooh when I shot him, did I? Nope, not a bit he said, and went out. And in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. Part 
stuck in a hole, and tracking woozles. Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the mirror. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, he said as he stretched his arms as high as they could go. And then, tra-la-la, tra-la-oh-oh, help, he cried as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself until he had learned it by heart. Now, he was humming it right through. It went like this. Tra-la-la, 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 rum. humming this to himself and walking along with great happiness. He was wondering what everybody else was doing and what it felt like being somebody else. Suddenly, he came to a sandy bank and in the bank was a large said Pooh, while continuing to hum, rum-dum-diddle, um-dum. If I know anything about anything, that hole means rabbit, he said. And rabbit means company. and such like rum dum dum dilum so he bent down put his head into the hole and called out is anybody at home there was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole and then silence I said was, is anybody at home, called out Pooh very loudly. No, said a voice, and then it added, you needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well, the first time. Oh, bother, said Pooh. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nope, 
nobody. Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole, and he thought to himself, There must be somebody there, because somebody must have said nobody. So he put his head back into the hole, and he said, Hello, rabbit. Isn't that you? No, said Rabbit, in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said Rabbit. It isn't meant to be me. Oh, said Pooh. He took his head out of the hole again and had another think. And then he put his head back in the hole and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend, Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me, said Pooh, very much surprised. What sort of me, said Rabbit, Pooh Bear? Are you sure, said Rabbit, still more surprised. Oh, well, yes, I am quite Quite sure it is me, said Pooh. Well, okay, yes, yes, then, do come in, said Rabbit. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. You are quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you, and I am glad to see you. Who did you think it was? Wondered Boo. Well, I simply wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One just can't have anybody coming into one's house. One has to be careful. What about a... Mouthful of something, asked Rabbit. Pooh always liked a little something at eleven o'clock in the morning. He was very glad to see Rabbit getting out the plates and getting out the mugs. Rabbit then asked, Would you like honey or condensed milk? with your bread. Pooh was so excited that he said, Both. But then, not to seem greedy, he added, But don't bother about the bread, please. For a long time after that, 
Pooh said nothing. At last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said that he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well, said Pooh, I could stay a little bit longer if you... Pooh looked in the direction of the cabinet that had the food. As a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going on myself directly. Oh, well, then I'll be going on. Goodbye, said Pooh. Well, goodbye, said Rabbit, if you're sure you won't have any more. Oh, oh, is there more, asked Pooh, hopefully. Rabbit took the covers off the dishes and said, Nope, there isn't. Uh, I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well then, goodbye. I must be going on. Pooh started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws and he pushed with his back paws. In a little while, his nose was out of the hole, and then his ears were out of the hole, and then his front paws were out of the hole, and then his shoulders were out of the hole. But then, oh, help said Pooh. I'd better go back. Oh, bother, he said. I shall have to go forward. <gasps> oh, help. Oh, bother. I can't do either. I'm stuck, said Pooh. Now by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk also but he found the front door blocked by Pooh. Rabbit went out the back door and came around to Pooh and looked at him. Hello there, Pooh. Are you stuck? He asked. No, not really, said Pooh carelessly. I'm just resting and thinking, and I'm just humming to myself. Here, give me a paw, said Rabbit. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw, and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. Oh, ow. That's hurting a little bit. The fact is, said Rabbit, 
stuck. Well, said Pooh crossly, it all comes from not having front doors big enough. I don't think so, replied Rabbit sternly. It all comes from eating too much. I didn't want to say anything at the time, Rabbit continued. That one of us was eating too much. And I know it wasn't me. Rabbit stared at Pooh. Well, well, I guess I shall go and fetch Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, so Pooh had more time to enjoy his humming. In a little bit, Christopher Robin came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh stuck in the hole. He said, silly old bear, in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think, said Pooh, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should not like that. He said. Neither would I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. Oh, yes. That is good, said Boo. Christopher Robin assessed the situation and said, if we can't pull you out, Pooh, then maybe we should just push you back in. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully, then said, If we push him back in, then he will just be stuck inside my home, perhaps forever. furrowed his brow. You mean I'd never get out, said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, that it really doesn't solve the problem of getting you out of my home. Rabbit continued, you are already partially out. Maybe we shouldn't waste our progress. Christopher Robin nodded in agreement. Then there's only one thing to be done, declared Christopher Robin. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. Pooh looked quite anxious. How long does getting thin take? He asked. About a week, I should think, said Christopher Robin. But 
and stay here for a week, pouted Pooh. You can stay here easy enough, silly old bear. It's getting you out, which is so difficult. Rabbit tried to cheer Pooh up. Don't worry, we'll read to you. And I hope it won't snow, Rabbit added. I do say, though, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs to hold some towels? Because, after all, your legs aren't really doing anything, and it would be very convenient if I could just hang some towels on them. Pooh was still looking quite gloomy. A week, he said. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin. You need to get thin more quickly. But like Rabbit said, we will read to you. Pooh began to sigh. And then he found he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck. A little tear rolled down his eye as he said, Then would you read a sustaining book? Something like that would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness. So for a week, Christopher Robin did read that sort of book to the north end of Pooh. And at the south end of Pooh, Rabbit hung his washing over time, Pooh felt himself getting thinner and thinner. At the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now is the time to unstick this bear. Christopher Robin took hold of Pooh's front paws. Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin and all of Rabbit's friends and relations took hold of Rabbit. They all pulled together and for a long time Pooh only said ow and oh. Finally there was a pop sound just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle. Christopher Robin, Rabbit, and all of Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on top of them came Winnie the Pooh. He was finally free from the hole. With a nod of thanks to his friends, Pooh went on with his walk through the forest humming proudly to himself. Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly as he walked away, 
and said to himself, Silly old bear. It is now time for you to meet another friend of Pooh, Piglet. Piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree. The beech tree was in the middle of the forest, and Piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespassers W written on it. Christopher Robin asked Piglet what it meant. Piglet said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said you couldn't be called Trespassers W. Piglet said yes you could because his grandfather was called that. It was short for Trespassers Will, which was short for Trespassers William. His grandfather had had two names in case he lost one. Trespassers after an uncle and William after trespassers. I guess I've got two names, said Christopher Robin, thinking about his first and last name. Well, there you are. That proves it, said Piglet. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow, in front of his house, he happened to look up. There was Winnie the Pooh, walking round and round in a circle. Pooh was thinking of something very deeply, and when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. Hello, said Piglet. What are you doing? Oh, huh, me? I'm hunting, said Pooh. Hunting what? asked Piglet. Actually, I'm tracking something, said Winnie the Pooh, very mysteriously. Tracking what? said Piglet, coming closer. That's just what I ask myself. I ask myself, what am I tracking? said Pooh. What do you think you'll answer? said Piglet. I shall have to wait. Until I catch up with it, said Winnie the Pooh. Now look 
fair. Pooh pointed to the ground in front of him. What do you see right there? Tracks, said Piglet. Paw marks. Piglet gave out a little squeak of excitement. Oh, Pooh, do you think, do you think it's a, a woozle? It may just be, said Pooh. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. You just never can tell with paw marks. With those few words, Pooh went right on tracking. Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie the Pooh had come to a sudden stop and was bending over the tracks in a puzzled sort of way. What's the matter? asked Piglet. It's a very funny thing, said Pooh, but there seem to be two animals now. This, whatever it is, has been joined by another, whatever it is. The two of them are now proceeding in company. Piglet, would you mind coming with me in case they turn out to be hostile animals? Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way. Piglet said that he had nothing to do until Friday and would be delighted to come in case it really was a woozle. You mean, said Winnie the Pooh, in case it really is two woozles. Piglet said that anyhow he had nothing to do until Friday, so off they went together. There was a small area of trees just here, and it seemed as if the two woozles if that is what they were, had been going around these trees. So Pooh and Piglet also went around these trees and followed the tracks. Piglet passed the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking. His grandfather had suffered from shortness of breath and other matters of interest in his later years. Pooh wondered what a grandfather was and if perhaps they were following the tracks of two grandfathers. Pooh also wondered if he would be able to take a grandfather home and keep
lonesome. We'll may have to ask Christopher Robin to see what he would say about keeping a grandfather. Pooh and Piglet continued to follow the tracks in front of them. Part 3 Woozle Surprise and Eeyore Loses His Tail Round and round the small patch of trees, Pooh and Piglet continued to follow the two sets of tracks. They were confident that these were the tracks of Woozles. Suddenly, Pooh stopped and pointed with excitement in front of him. Look! What? said Piglet with a jump. Then, to show that he hadn't been frightened, Piglet decided to jump up and down once or twice more to pretend he was just exercising. The tracks, said Pooh. A third animal has joined the other two. Oh, Pooh, cried Piglet. Do you think it's another woozle? No, said Pooh, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and a whistle, or two whistles and a woozle. Let's continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little more anxious now. They still didn't know if these three animals were of hostile intent. Piglet wished very much that his grandfather, T.W., was there instead of being elsewhere. Pooh thought how nice it would be if they bumped into Christopher Robin suddenly. But then Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner. Pooh was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. There were now four animals in front of them. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. This could now be three whistles and a whistle, or three whistles and a whistle, or maybe two whistles and two whistles. There's even a chance of it being four whistles or four whistles. The possibilities filled their brains with confusion and stress. There were the tracks, crossing over each other here and getting muddled up with each other there. 
but quite plainly, there were four sets of paw tracks. Piglet licked the tip of his nose, too, but found that it brought very little comfort. I think, said Piglet, I think that I've just remembered something. I've just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday, and I really can't do it tomorrow. So, I suppose I really ought to go back and do it right now. Piglet concluded. Don't worry, Piglet. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you said Pooh. Oh, it isn't the sort of thing you can do in the afternoon, said Piglet quickly. It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning. In fact, it must be done between the hours of. What would you say the time is right now? About twelve, said Winnie the Pooh, looking at the sun. As I was saying, it must be done between the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So, really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me. Oh, what's that? said Piglet, hearing a strange whistle. Piglet furrowed his brow, and said, That doesn't sound like a safe sound. Pooh looked up at the sky and heard the whistle again. Pooh looked into the branches of a big oak tree and saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin, he said. Ah, then, you'll be all right, said Piglet. You'll be quite safe with him. Goodbye. Piglet trotted off to home as quickly as he could, very glad to be out of all danger again. Christopher Robin came slowly down his tree. Silly old bear, he said. What were you doing? I've been watching you. First, you went around the clump of trees, twice by yourself. Then Piglet ran after you, and you went around again together. And then you were just going around a fourth time. Wait a moment said Winnie the Pooh, holding up his paw. Pooh sat down and thought in the most thoughtful way he could think. Think, 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 he said quietly to himself, pondering the paw tracks on the ground. Then he put his own paw 
the tracks. It was a perfect fit. He then scratched his nose twice and stood up. Yes, said Winnie the Pooh. I see now. Those are my paw tracks. Oh, bother. I've been tracking myself. I'm so foolish and deluded. I'm a bear of no brain at all. You're the best bear in all the world, said Christopher Robin soothingly. I am, said Pooh, hopefully. He brightened up suddenly. Anyhow, Pooh said, it is nearly lunchtime, and that means it is now time to fill my empty tummy. So Pooh went home and forgot all about silly whistles and silly whistles. It is now time for you to meet Eeyore, the old gray donkey. Eeyore was currently standing by himself in a thistly corner of the forest. His front feet were well apart. His head drooped over on one side, and he thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, Why? Sometimes he thought, Wherefore? Sometimes he thought, Inasmuch as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little. Eeyore was even able to muster a How do you do? in his typical gloomy manner. How are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. I'm not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh. I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Pooh walked all around him once. Why, what's happened to your tail? Pooh said in surprise. What has happened to it, said 
isn't there, said Boo. Are you sure, mulled Eeyore? Well, either a tail is there, or it isn't there. You can't make a mistake about it. And your tail isn't there, replied Boo. Then what is there, Eeyore wondered. Nothing is there, clarified Boo. Hmm, let's have a look, said Eeyore, and he turned slowly around to the place where his tail had been a little while ago. But finding that he couldn't catch up to it, he turned around the other way. But he came back to where he was at first. So he tried something different. He put his head down and looked between his front legs. At last, he said, with a long, sad sigh, I believe you're right. My tail is not there. Of course I'm right, said Boo. That accounts for a good deal, said Eeyore gloomily. It explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Boo. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. How like them, he added, after a long silence. Boo felt that he ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what. So he decided instead to do something helpful. Eeyore, he said, I, Winnie the Boo, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Boo answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, not like some who like to steal tails. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail, and he knew just where to go. Pooh marched through the deep green trees of the woods, he marched down open slopes filled with yellow and purple flowers. He trekked over rocky beds of streams. And he trekked up steep banks of sandstone into fields of flowers again. At last, tired and hungry, 
at his destination, the Hundred Acre Wood. For it was in the Hundred Acre Wood that Owl lived. If anyone knows anything about anything and something about something, then it's Owl, said Pooh, or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, which it is. So there you are, Pooh concluded. Owl lived at the Chestnuts, an old world residence of great charm. The Chestnuts was grander than anybody else's home, or seemed so to bear, because it had both a door knocker and a bell pull. Underneath the knocker, there was a notice which said, Please ring if an answer is required. Underneath the bell pull, there was a notice which said, Please knock if an answer is not required. These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell well. Although Owl was wise in many ways, he was only able to read and write some words. Strangely, Owl spelled his own name, W-O-L. Owl would go to pieces if he had to spell delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully. First, from left to right. Then, in case he had missed some of it, from right to left. He wasn't really sure that he understood the instructions on how to use the knocker or the bell pull. So, to be quite sure, he knocked and pulled on the knocker, and then he pulled and knocked on the bell rope. After that, he called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. This is Bear speaking. The door suddenly opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, he said. How are things? Things are terrible and sad, said Pooh, because Eeyore who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail. 
He's moping about it. So, could you, very kindly, tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Owl, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. Pooh looked very confused. What does crust of money proceed cake mean? said Pooh. I'm a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. Owl smiled and said, It simply means the thing to do. Oh, as long as it means that, then I don't mind, said Pooh. Owl continued, The thing to do is as follows. First issue a reward. Then Pooh's eyes suddenly went wide. Just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw. I didn't understand you. You sneezed, just as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze, said Owl. Ah, yes, you did. I heard you, said Pooh. Excuse me, Pooh. I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed, replied Pooh. Owl was confused but continued on. What I said was, first issue a reward. There, you just sneezed again, said Pooh. Owl now understood what was confusing Pooh. Pooh thought first issue was a sneeze sound. Owl just continued on, using different words. Step one is to offer a reward. We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds your tail. Ah, I see. I see, said Pooh, nodding his head. Talking about large somethings, Pooh went on in a dreamy voice. I generally have a small something in my tummy right about now. A small something at about this time in the morning. Pooh looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Owl's kitchen. Pooh stared with desire and said, Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, with perhaps a lick of honey. Owl just ignored Pooh and continued on. We need to write 
write out this notice of reward and put it up all over the forest. Pooh ignored Owl and continued on. A lick of honey would be quite the delightful treat right about now. Pooh noticed that Owl didn't seem to be moving towards the cupboard. Or, I guess not, as the case may be, Pooh mumbled in disappointment. He gave a deep sigh and tried very hard to listen to what Owl was saying. Owl went on and on, using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started. Owl finally explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. Did you see them, Boo? For some time, Pooh had just been saying yes and no in turn with his eyes shut to everything that Owl was saying. Having said yes, yes last time, Pooh now said no, no this time without really knowing what Owl was talking about. You didn't see them, said Owl, a little surprised. Come and look at them now. They went outside, and Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it. He looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. Pooh then stared at the bell rope. The more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it somewhere else, sometime before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? said Owl. Pooh nodded and said, It reminds me of something, but I can't think what? Where'd you get it? I found it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush. I thought at first somebody lived in the bush, so I pulled on it, and nothing happened, except that it came off the bush. Owl continued. Nobody seemed to want it, so... I just took it home. Owl, said Pooh, you made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Owl said, as an owl often does. Pooh looked at Owl and replied, Eeyore, my dear friend Eeyore, he was fond of it. Fond of it, Owl replied with confusion.
attached to it, you might say, said Pooh. Owl finally understood. Pooh unhooked the bell pole and carried it back to Eeyore. Christopher Robin attached the tail back onto Eeyore. Eeyore then frisked about the forest, waving his tail with happiness. It was a rare moment of joy for the gray old donkey. Part 4 Pooh and Piglet Create a Trap for a Heffalump One day, Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, and Piglet were all talking together. Christopher Robin finished the mouthful he was eating and said carelessly, I saw a heffalump today, Piglet. What was it doing? asked Piglet. Oh, it was just lumping along, said Christopher Robin. I don't think it saw me. I saw one once, said Piglet. At least, I think I did. Only, perhaps it wasn't. So did I, said Pooh, wondering what a heffalump was. You don't often see them, said Christopher Robin. Yeah, yeah, not now, said Piglet. No, no, not at this time of year. Absolutely not, said Pooh, wanting to join in. Then they all talked about something else until it was time for Pooh and Piglet to go home. At first, they didn't say much to each other as they walked along the path home. Just as they came to the six pine trees, Pooh looked around to see that nobody else was listening. He then said in a very solemn voice, Piglet, I have decided something. Piglet looked at him curiously and replied, What have you decided, Pooh? I have decided to catch a heffalump. Pooh nodded his head several times as he said this. I shall do it, said Pooh, by means of a trap. And it must be a cunning trap. So you will have to help me, Piglet. Oh, Pooh, said Piglet, I surely will. Piglet scratched his ear for a bit and then asked, But, how shall we do it? Pooh said, Yeah, good question. How do we do it? 
Pooh and Piglet sat down together to think it out. Pooh's first idea was that they should dig a very deep pit. The heffalump would simply come along and fall into the pit. Why? said Piglet. Why what? said Pooh. Why would he fall in? asked Piglet. Pooh slowly rubbed his nose with his paw and thought about his reply. He told Piglet that the heffalump might just be walking along and humming a little song. Heffalump would then look up at the sky, wonder if it would rain, and not see the very deep pit. Distracted by his own humming, the sky, and the thought of rain, the heffalump would walk right into the very deep pit. Piglet said that this was a very good trap, but then wondered, what if it was already raining? Pooh rubbed his nose again and said that he hadn't thought of that. Pooh put his paw to his temple and said, think, think. then brightened up and said, If it were already raining, then the heffalump would be looking up at the sky, wondering if it would clear up. Piglet now fully understood what a cunning trap this was, and he told Pooh so. Pooh was very proud when he heard this. Pooh felt that the heffalump was as good as caught already. They now had to make a very big decision. Where should they dig the very deep pit? Piglet said that the best place to dig the pit would be wherever a heffalump was walking. Specifically, the pit should be dug about one foot in front of the heffalump. Pooh really liked that idea. But then he had a question for Piglet. Wouldn't the heffalump see us digging the very big pit? Piglet pondered this good question and replied, Nope, because he will be looking up at the sky. Yes, yes, so true, said Pooh with a smile. But then Pooh frowned and said, Perhaps the heffalump would hear us digging. I think they have very good hearing. Pooh didn't really know if heffalumps 
had good hearing. He was just guessing. Piglet and Pooh discovered that it was very hard to create a truly cunning plan. Pooh looked at Piglet and said, This isn't as easy as I thought. I suppose that's why heffalumps hardly ever get caught. That must be it, said Piglet. If only I could think of something, said Pooh. He felt sure that a very clever brain could catch a heffalump if only he knew the right way to go about it. Suppose, Pooh said to Piglet, you wanted to catch me. How would you do it? This was an easy question for Piglet. Well, said Piglet, I would just put a jar of honey in a trap. You would smell it, and you would go in after it. Yes, yes, said Pooh excitedly. I would go in after that delicious honey. What a nice treat. For my tummy that would be, Pooh continued, in a dreamy state. Piglet could see Pooh getting distracted. Yes, yes, Pooh, I get it. Never mind about that, Piglet said. That is how I would catch you, because you like honey. But what do heffalumps like? I would think they like acorns. Pooh was still dreaming about honey, and he said, Nah, I think they like honey. We should get some honey. Piglet didn't agree with Pooh, but he also didn't know what heffalumps really liked. So, it was pointless to argue. Piglet also didn't feel like looking for any acorns. Piglet looked at Pooh and said, So you really think we should use honey to trap the heffalump? Yes, lots of honey. I have a large jar of it at my house. Pooh replied, rubbing his tummy. All right, honey it is, agreed Piglet. I'll dig the pit while you go and get the honey from your house. Very well, said Pooh, and he stumped off. As soon as Pooh got home, he went to his pantry. He stood on a chair and took down a very large jar of honey from the top shelf. To make sure it was honey, he took the cover off and looked at it. Yup, it looked 
just like honey. But you never can tell, said Boo. Honey and cheese can be the same color. So this could be honey or cheese. I should taste it to find out. Boo put his tongue in it and took a large lick. Yes, he said. No doubt about it. This is honey. And then he wondered. But what if just the top of the jar is honey and underneath it's all cheese? Pooh was worried that maybe heffalumps don't like cheese. He needed to do more tasting and more testing. Pooh stuck his paw all the way to the bottom of the jar and slowly pulled it out. His entire arm was covered in sticky honey. After licking lots of honey off his paw, he concluded, Yep, this jar is filled with nothing but Honey. He brought the jar back to Piglet, who was standing on the bottom of the very deep pit that he had just finished digging. Piglet looked up and said to Boo, Do you have the honey? Yes, said Boo, and it is most Definitely, honey. It is not cheese at all. I checked several times while walking here, replied Boo. Piglet didn't understand why Boo was talking about cheese. Piglet looked in the jar and saw that most of it was gone. This is all the honey you have? Yes, said Boo proudly. And pure honey it is. There is not a smidge of cheese inside that pot. Piglet continued to ignore Boo's ramblings about cheese. Piglet placed the jar at the bottom of the pit and climbed out. With the trap now set, Boo and Piglet walked back to Boo's house. Well, good night, Boo, said Piglet as he departed Boo's house. Let's meet at six o'clock tomorrow morning by the pine trees, and we'll see how many heffalumps we've got in our trap. Okay. Six o'clock it is, Piglet. Good night, Boo. Piglet trotted off to his house while Boo made his preparations for bed.
Some hours later, Boo woke up suddenly with a sinking feeling. He had had that sinking feeling before, and he knew what it meant. He was hungry. So he went to his pantry, stood on a chair, reached up to the top shelf, and found nothing. That's funny, he thought. I know I had a jar of honey right there, a full jar. It was full of honey right up to the tippity-top. And then suddenly he remembered he had put the honey jar into the cunning trap to catch the half-a-lump. Oh, bother, said Boo, and he got back into bed. But he couldn't sleep. The more he tried to sleep, the more he couldn't. He tried counting sheep, but that was no good. He tried counting heffalumps, and that just made it worse. Every heffalump that he counted was making straight for his pot of honey to eat it all up. For several minutes, Pooh lay there in misery. He just imagined hundreds of heffalumps eating his honey and licking their jaws. Each heffalump would then say, Very good honey this is. I don't know when I've tasted better. jumped out of bed, ran out of the house, and went straight to the six pine trees. He soon arrived at the very deep pit, but the darkness made it hard to see his jar of honey inside the pit. Hello, honey yelled into the pit. Are you down there? The pit was silent, but Boo could smell his honey, so he knew it was there. Boo carefully climbed down into the pit and happily sat down next to his jar of honey. Hello, friend, he said to his honeypot, I've missed you. Boo poked his paw into the jar, retrieved it, and licked it with a smile. Yep, this is still honey. There isn't any cheese 
in my trusty old honeypot. Pooh continued to dip his paw deep into the jar again and again, enjoying his honey as the sun started to rise. After a while, he'd eaten almost all of the honey. He could see that there was just a little bit more honey stuck all around the very inside of the jar. He pushed his head into the jar and began to lick the honey from the inside. From outside the pit, the muffled voice of Boo could be heard licking the inside of the jar and singing, Honey pot, honey pot, in my tum, honey pot, honey pot, oh so yum. As the sun continued to rise, Piglet soon woke up. Piglet was a bit worried about meeting his first heffalump. He wondered if heffalumps eat little pigs. This made Piglet shudder at the thought. But Piglet put on his bravest face, knowing that he was going to see his first heffalump in about one hour. He also felt better because he knew that Pooh would be with him, and he felt safer having the company of his friend. But what if Heffalumps became more fierce when confronted by two individuals instead of just one? Piglet scratched his ear and thought about this. He then had a very clever idea. He would go very quietly to the very deep pit right now by himself and just peep cautiously into the trap. If a heffalump was in the trap, then maybe it would be best to just run back home and climb back into bed. If there wasn't a heffalump in the trap, then he could get Pooh and act brave as they went to check the pit. He liked that plan, so off he went. As Piglet was walking towards the section of the woods with the very deep pit, still sitting at the very bottom. He had finished licking the honey from inside the jar, but he couldn't get his head out. He pushed it. He pulled it. He groaned and he grunted. Pooh tried with all of his might to get the jar off of his head. When Piglet 
got very close to the very deep pit, he could hear the strange grunts and groans of a heffalump inside. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, said Piglet to himself. He wanted to run, but he was too curious to see what a heffalump looked like. So Piglet crept to the side of the trap and slowly looked down. At that precise moment, Pooh was giving a huge effort to get the jar off of his head, and he let out a loud roar of determination. Help, help, cried Piglet, a heffalump, a big, horrible heffalump. Piglet scampered off as fast as he could and didn't stop crying and running until he got to Christopher Robin's house. What's the matter, Piglet, said Christopher Robin, who was just waking up. Heffa, heffa said Piglet, breathing so hard that he could hardly speak. I have a, I have a, I have a lump. Where, said Christopher Robin. Up, up, up there, said Piglet, waving his paw about. What did it look like? Oh, oh, Christopher, it had the biggest head ever, a great enormous thing, hugely big. His head was as big as a giant jar. Well, said Christopher Robin, putting on his shoes, I shall go and look at it. Come on. Piglet wasn't afraid if he had Christopher Robin with him. So, off they went. I, 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 I can hear it. Can't you? said Piglet, anxiously, as they got closer. Yeah, I can hear something, said Christopher Robin. It was Pooh, bumping his head against a tree root tried to loosen the jar. There, said Piglet. Isn't it awful? Piglet held on tight to Christopher Robin's hand. Christopher Robin looked down into the pit and began to laugh and laugh and laugh. At that same moment, was able to smash the jar and free his head. Piglet saw what a foolish Piglet he had been, and he soon joined Christopher Robin in laughter. Pooh looked up and also started laughing, even though he didn't know what everyone was laughing about. For the rest of the day, the woods were filled with the laughter of three good
talked all about this funny event. This is the end of part four of Winnie the Pooh. Good night. Sleep well.